0: I was like, going to do a few tarot, starting with Torah, which brings the house. I'm in, going uh, to go gimel the house. the going to the Retribution is exacted from a person, with and without his knowledge. Okay, a person is punished, with and without his uh, dat. Let's see how Rabenu explains this Yishna uh, um, with an awesome chidush uh, from the for, uh, in the name of the Tov <laughs> For I heard in the name of the Tov Before any decree is brought into the world, (laughs) Hashem gathers gathers the entire world if the world agrees with this judgment. And even the man himself who the decree is on, (laughs) who the decree is supposed to be brought upon, Hashem asks him as well if he agrees and if he does then the judgment is sealed and it's brought down so even the entire world and the person himself is um, is uh, what do you call it is asked if he agrees with the judgment and the subject is like this it's certain that if God were to ask the man explicitly himself the man who the judgment is upon It's certain that he would protest and say that the judgment should not be so. But what happened? He is misled um, about a case similar to his own and he's asked about a case similar to his own. So look how it it works. And then this man, he gives a, um, a judgment on this case. And then the judgment is sealed upon him. So basically, when a person is judged for something, for having done something wrong, um, what happens is, whenever a decree is brought down to him, everyone in the Shemaim asks this man whether he agrees to the judgment, and how do they ask him? They actually send him a similar case. And um, in this similar case, the way he reacts to that judgment, um, without even knowing that he is actually the subject of that case, meaning that he too did the same thing. It's just he doesn't know that they're actually asking about him. So what happens? He gives a judgment on the case that he seems to be has to do with something else. But really he's actually giving the judgment to his own decree. So look how Kabanu explains. We see this subject similar to what we find with David Ahmelah Shalom, Upon him be peace. When Natan the Prophet came to David, and he explained to him the story about the guest that Shmuel Bet over there. Amar. What um? What did David say? Chai Hashem, as God lives, etc. Be etakivsanas for the Lamb, etc. As I nifsa Kadina David Chai Hashem atami and the second David uh, said that thing. That's exactly when the judgment went against David. The judgment was sealed against David. The second David opened up his mouth. Vzei on this what it says in Pirkei Avot, v'nifreiin mina adam b'datov. Without that, a person is given retribution without his dad, meaning to say, meaning when they ask his opinion, and even though um, it's without his knowledge, because he doesn't know that the judgment that they are asking, even though he thinks it's about a different case, has nothing to do with him, it's actually about him. So, let's say, for example, a person stole something. And he needs to be given retribution. And then someone else, Hashem sends another messenger to this person. Um, ask or Telling him about a story. This messenger tells this man who stole something, let's say a week ago. He tells uh, this man, you know, my friend stole something from me. What do you think should happen to him? And then he gives a deen. He gives a judgment about this. Without even realizing that he actually stole something one week ago. So truth is, this person is actually a messenger for the deen, for the judgment. But this man doesn't recognize the judgments upon him. He thinks he's just giving a, a, a judgment upon a case that it has nothing to do with him. But really, the deen is with him. So, this is what it says in that a person is given retribution without his dad, meaning he doesn't recognize it's about himself. And this idea is very deep. How each person is asked. Because with all the words and the stories that a person hears. A person will find things that are very lofty and exalted. And a person needs to be very careful with this. Until one has considered a second and a third time. Um, that a person should not create the judgment and seal the judgment about what he says. A person shouldn't say something. Until he has considered this thing a second or a third time. Until he goes over this in his mind. Because actually... This judgment is actually a danger to one's soul. It's It's a it's a matter of life and death, even. And these words are atikim; they're ancient. Because within this idea of conversations, there are many lofty ideas with regard to this. How within the conversations of the world, there is such hidden and lofty subjects. And this is what it says in Gemara Bara "Hey Do you delight in afflictions? Atana Tana was, uh, a Tzaddik was once asked, "Do you take uh, pleasure in these sufferings that you get?" Amalo. and Rabchia responded to Rabbi Yochanan: not in them, and not in their reward, etc." So what did Rabbi Yochanan tell Rabbi "Have Le Yedah, give me your hand." "Ya Have Le Yedah Ve'Okmei, Ve'Okmei." So Rabbi Chaya gave Rabbi Yochanan his hand, and Rabbi Yochanan raised the hand. Klamah, meaning to say what? if you don't desire them. give me your hand upon this. beemet that you, which means that you truly don't want them. And so Rabbi Yochanan raised the hand of Rabbi Chaya. Within the sedia, um, we see. This secret of the Barshemtov brought down from the Barshemtov. The Rabban is bringing down and explaining this gmara, or this Mishnah and pirke avot. So the Gemara and Brachot seems a little vague in what it has to do, but the was is telling us it ha- has exactly to do with um, with what we just mentioned. But nonetheless, this stuff is very deep. Maybe we really overthink what, we're not overthink when we really think about and calculate what we say whenever a person comes to us with a certain piece of advice or judgment or this or that when he asks us for an opinion we have to very be very careful because perhaps actually it's Hashem telling us what we did wrong and maybe we should uh, have a little bit more mercy in the judgment and judgment, judgment, as, judgment judge the judgment as properly as possible Okay, we say this in Zain. He who covers over the heavens with clouds, who who prepares rain for the earth. So, let's see what this has to do with what Rabban is about to tell us. The value of the hidden tzadikim is very great. For they are able to accept abundance and uh, influx, abundant good to draw it down to the world. And people don't um, question these hidden tzaddikim and don't accuse these hidden tzaddikim because they are completely sealed and hidden away from the um, from people and they are not famous. So people don't even know that they are tzaddikim in the first place. So why would they have questions upon these people? But the truth is that even someone who is famous when there is Strife upon this person, this famous tzaddik, actually helps this tzaddik. For the strife actually covers this tzaddik over, it hides this tzaddik. And through this, the tzaddik is actually able to draw down abundance to the world. And people won't denounce or protest against him. But then, this is what it says he God who covers over the heavens with the clouds what did that mean the heavens the reference to the tzaddik because is a play on the words Esh Ma'im, fire and water as it is brought down in Gemara Chagiga we've seen this uh, multiple times in different Torah so you see is the tzaddik meaning love and fear because we know the tzaddik He's able to conceal love and fear. This idea we've seen. Um, we see this idea as Meim the Zohar, which is Ahava, and then we have Esh, which is Gvura, which is Yirah. See the Zohar, all these ideas, and uh, there's this idea that the Tzaddik represents uh, the Shemaim. Look at uh, Torah Pechet. Um, so Bezrat over there it speaks about this idea. But nonetheless, the tzaddik represents Shamaim. And because of this, the tzaddik is called Shamaim, heaven. And this is why it says in the verse in Avim, He who covers the heavens with clouds. What cloud? Clouds? Avim comes from the word which means denseness, thickness. Materialism. Something very materialistic, Gashmiut. Meaning that when the tzaddik is covered over with avud materialism, Kashut and solidity, whenever a person questions and the, or people question and argue against the tzaddik, brings strife against the tzaddik. But now, through the covering over the tzaddik by this by these arguments and these questions, he prepares um, rain for the earth. What does that mean? now that the tzaddik is covered over through these arguments that people, the world is arguing against him trying to convince the world that he's no longer a tzaddik or this or that when the tzaddik is covered over what happens? now he's able to draw down abundance without any accusations and this is why it says in Tainim Tsofei Rasha al Tzaddik the Rasha stares or has eyes upon the tzaddik Tentainim Shah meaning watch the wicked person Shekholek al Tzaddik who who is constantly arguing and bringing strife against this righteous person, <laughs> He's only Tzophe, looking. What's Tzophe to look? The other language of Tzophe has the word to coat, something to cover over, meaning that he coats over and he covers over the Tzadik. <laughs> in order that he should bring it, uh, down this abundance. However, <laughs> that the Gashal looks at the Tzadik, meaning... He covers over the tzaddik with the arguments that he brings against the tzaddik. So that the tzaddik can now bring shefa into the world without having uh, this accusation. But at the the end of the verse, (inaudible) (inaudible) He looks at the tzaddik and seeks out to kill him. Meaning what? (inaudible) The rasha's real intentions. he's seeking out to uproot, to kill this tzaddik. (inaudible) This is his intention as it says at the end of the verse but God does not leave the tzaddik in Rasha's hand meaning what the, the, Hashem does not leave the tzaddik to be um, uh, to be killed in Rasha's hand this idea is brought in lesson 88 with a different sort of language and also look above and delve into the lesson 208 it speaks about this Okay, this awesome subject about the tzaddik being covered over and that why sometimes you have hidden tzaddikim and why you have sometimes famous tzaddikim who are argued against also this awesome idea about bringing shefa down to the world. Now the final Torah, um, or we're gonna we're gonna do two more torahs. This very famous Torah, Kuv TeDvav, Torah one fifteen. This Torah, which is um, very famous in the the Torah of Rabenu. A lesson that Mamash each and every Jew has to has to study, especially one who who does teshuvah, who wants to return to Hashem from his dark past. This Torah is necessary to understand because Rabenu is going to give us a huge klal, a huge principle, on about Hashem, bizrat Hashem. And we have the merit, besul Rabenu, to apply what he says. Look at the beauty of what Rabenu is going to teach us. He starts with a verse in Shemot chapter twenty, yeah. The nation stood from afar, Moshe Nigash El Arafel, and Moshe approached and entered into the mist at Sher Shamanokim. And it was there that God existed, that God was there. It was in the mist that God was there. So we see here that this is with reference to Moshe ascending to Harsinai to receive the Torah. This idea that Moshe, the nation stood from afar, but Moshe went inside the cloud to find God. That God was in the cloud. Hashem greeted Moshe inside the cloud. So let's see what this means. Because this person who goes in materialism all his days, who walks with the Gashmiut physicality all his days, who falls into this the desires of this world all his days. And then afterwards he becomes awakened and wants to walk on the pathways of Hashem. So what happens? The trait of judgment of Hashem accuses this person and does not allow this person to walk on the pathways of Hashem. Immediately when a person wants to do Teshuvah and to change his bad ways, the Deen of Hashem, the judgment of Hashem, this attribute of Hashem of judgment gets up and accuses this person and tells Hashem he is not worthy. And what happens? This middata adin of Hashem, this judgment of Hashem, arranges this person an obstacle. Arranges an obstacle between this person and the pathways of Hashem. Not allowing him to enter these holy pathways. But Rabbeinu tells us that Hashem desires kindness, loving kindness. Hashem is full of kindness. As brought down in Michal Chatur Zion. In Michal over there. Chapter Seven. This idea. And Mashtirat is Hashem hides Himself. Kiviyachol as if to say, "Baminiyah hazot." I didn't Hashem hides Himself within that obstacle. Bardat, And one who has some intelligence, some dat, some awareness, some consciousness, who mistakid baminiyah, he will look inside the the obstacle that he is sent. And what is Shabbat borei bauchu? And he will find Hashem within the obstacle. Kemode Ita is brought in the Gemara Yerushalmi Ta'anit. Perk Aleph. Or in the Mishnah in Yerushalmi. If a person tells you, Where is your God? If a person asks you, Where is your God? Tomorrow will respond back to him. In the great city of Rome. As it says, As it says, in Yeshayah, one calls to me from Seir. Meaning one calls to God, me, who the uh, reference to God in the pasuk? One calls to Hashem from Seir. What is Seir? The aspect of Rome. Meaning what? That one can call to Hashem from even the, the place where all the klipot reside, from all the dark places. Umisha eno about that, but one who does not have this um, consciousness of God. When he sees this obstacle that's arranged for him, he immediately retreats backwards. He does not; he does not have the strength to fight it. This obstacle that a person is sent from this judgment of Hashem, from this uh, trade of judgment from Hashem, is what we call the Anan and the Arafel, the cloud and the mist. The mist, sorry. Because this cloud and mist is a reference to darkness. Meniyah darkness is a language or an expression of meniyah, obstacle. With regard to um, the 10th test of Avram Avinu, when Hashem tells Avram Avinu to go sacrifice his son Yitzchak. What did Hashem tell Avraham? You did not hold back. hold back, meaning you did not hold back from the obstacle I sent you. Hashem is telling Avraham Avinu, you did not hold back. You you beat the obstacle. Meaning the obstacle I sent you was choshek, it's darkness. But you did not let that darkness overcome you. You over you beat that darkness. And this is an explanation of the verse. That the nation stood from afar. What did that mean in the verse that it said the nation stood from afar? Meaning when a person he sees this cloud, this mist which is this obstacle that we just explained. People stand from afar. Meaning most people who don't have that stand from afar. They retreat backwards. They don't try to enter the test to find God within the test. Um Moshe, but Moshe who represents the da'at, the awareness, the intellect, the consciousness of all the Jewish people. He approached the mist in which God was there, meaning what Hanu Elamania, meaning Moshe enters the obstacle. is within the obstacle itself, Hashem is concealed over there. And this is the, the essence Rabbanu is telling us. Rabbanatan said we also heard from Rabbanu's holy mouth. Whenever he added upon this explanation of this subject. That which, in the subject on which God Himself conceals, uh, that God conceals Himself within the actual obstacle that we saw. when you are speaking about this idea, said that God loves Mishpat, He loves justice. Justice is this idea of... When you do something good you get reward when you do some pun- when you do something wrong you get punishment it's the idea of of um, the right the middle the left meaning that whichever you lean to whichever side you lean to you do good you do go- uh, you get good you do bad you get bad it's this idea of mishpat justice that what you deserve you're gonna get but Hashem, even though he loves justice he loves Yisrael. and look what Rabban was going to teach us but the love in which Hashem loves Israel is greater than the love which he has for Mishpat, for justice. As we see in the Zohar Parashat Emor, Tzadik Bet over there. Therefore, Rabbanu tells us, when this trade of judgment is accusing a person who is not fitting to come close to Hashem. Because this judgment is not allowing this person to enter the pathway of life. So that he should come close to the true tzaddik. Which is the essence of coming close to Hashem. Was telling us. And so that he should not come close to the pathway of life. pathway of truth. And because Hashem loves justice. Therefore Hashem is forced as if to say... To agree to ascend this person obstacles to prevent him from coming on the pathways of life. Because it is fitting for this person according to his bad actions of his past. Um, To be sent these obstacles because of this trait of judgment and mishpat of justice. Because God is not able to push away judgment. Because God loves justice, as we said above, but because of the fact that genuinely Hashem loves Am Israel, He loves the Jewish people. And this love of the Jewish people was greater than the love that He has for this justice, for this trait of judgment. So what does God do? What does God do because of the fact that He's forced, as if to say, agree with this uh, obstacle that is sent to prevent this person from the uh, uh, getting to the truth? Because of the fact that this person deserves the judgment and the justice that is upon him. Because God loves justice. So what does Hashem do? Because of the fact that He's forced to comply with this judgment, but yet He loves the Jewish people? Nonetheless, the truth of all truth is this, that the desire and and the will of Hashem is that even with all this judgment, that Hashem wants a person to come close to Him. Because He loves the Jewish people more than this justice. Therefore, Hashem does this, Hashem gives permission to His trade of judgment, which is sometimes the etzahrah, to send this person judgments and obstacles. But Hashem Himself conceals Himself. Within the obstacles that He's forced to send. And someone who has this consciousness of Hashem, this awareness, is able to find God within the obstacle itself. Because the truth is, there's not one obstacle in the world. Because within the strength of the obstacle itself, Hashem is concealed there. Meaning, the obstacle is not even an obstacle the second you recognize that Hashem is within it. And Gabbana tells us, not only that, not only is Hashem concealed within the obstacle, but it's through the obstacle itself that you're able to come close to Hashem in a way that you're not able to come close to Hashem without the obstacle. Rabbeinu is telling us, we need the obstacle. Because it's there that Hashem is concealed. And this is why it's in the verse of that Moshe approached the mist. Because Moshe approaches the mist. He approaches the obstacle because he is that. Because it is there where God exists. Meaning, Hashem conceals Himself within the obstacle. B'srat Hashem we apply such a Torah like this because every person, every Jew needs to know this from high to low. Because there's no one in the world that can survive without this idea that why a person is sent obstacles specifically when he wants to come close to Hashem. Rabbi was telling us why. And the final Torah of today, 116. Rabbeinu tells us that one who gives charity is saved from sin. He called him because anyone who has mercy upon the creatures of this world, that anyone who has mercy upon creatures, that Hashem, the heaven, has mercy upon this person. Anyone who does not have da'at, it's forbidden to have mercy upon him as we've seen many times. As the brother of the also. One who does not have that you cannot have mercy on him and since we have mercy upon a person it is certain that we give him that because what by the fact that a person receives the mercy in itself shows that he has that and not only that we are bestowing upon this person that tells us you're bestowing upon the person you give mercy that intellect and by fault by default, now once you give this person intellect by, when you give him mercy because they come together, what happens then a person is saved from um coming to the hands of sin from doing a sin because a person does not commit a sin unless a spirit of foolishness enters him, and what is foolishness when a person likes that. When a person has that, he's saved from sin. So we see how Tzaka can save a person from sin because Tzaka, which is Rachamin, bestows a person with that. And once you are bestowed with that, then you are saved from sin because sin only exists when there's a lack of that. So may we have uh, be bestowed with mercy the one who gives Tzaka and the one who gets Tzaka. So may we be saved from sin completely. That is that is it for today. Next class we'll start with Torah Kufudain de'Isratashen.